Hey, hey, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program, your source for common sense conservatism. The there's no evidence excuse continues to be whittled away. Is anybody else so annoyed? Why hasn't Joe Biden, honest to God, why hasn't he been impeached? Why haven't we had any action? We've got a lot of dribbles, a lot of drips, a lot of woo. We've got stuff. Do it. Just do it. America wants the guy to go away. Please go away. Democrats, too. We got lots of news for you today. We've got like 19 audio sound bites, each one specifically selected for your listening pleasure and your education, of course, because we want to arm you. We want to give you enough to be dangerous, enough to dismantle anybody out there who wants to say something stupid like Donald Trump is a threat to our democracy. We're going to give you the tools to fight back. To fight back with reason, with respect, and to do it to win every argument. Yes, that's what we do on this program. We're delighted you're here. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Okay, so we're going to say today, and we can agree, fear is the ultimate motivator. Fear makes us do really weird things. Fear can make us act irrationally. Fear can make us feel out of control. Fear can lead to bad decisions, okay? That being said, this global new liberal order of nonsense is all predicated on you being afraid of fill in the bank, blank, And then giving up something in order to achieve this kumbaya greater good with the rest of the planet who all hate us anyway, right? So that's the idea. We're going to freak you out. I don't care if it's a virus. I don't care if it's pneumonia, some weird white lung nonsense in in, uh, China. If it's some like weird skin parasite, right? There's some reason for you to be afraid. Now, the cool thing about fear is that once you identify what you're afraid of and you face it, you might never necessarily conquer it, but it doesn't have to rule your decision-making. And that's where we're going to go. 
All right. So I remember when I was a news anchor here in Pittsburgh several years ago, we had a story in the community, a, a terrible house fire. And there were always house fires in the wintertime. This just always happens. It's such a bummer. And this one was particularly awful because it involved a family and young children and not everybody got out. And it was just one of those rallying cries that our community got around. There were, you know, fundraisers. There were efforts to to help clothe and and house the the remaining people in this family, et cetera, et cetera. And it really got me thinking. So I wanted to do a story as a reporter using my children as as the sources of it, having the fire department come into my house and basically teach my children how to escape a house fire without Joe or me around. Who knows where we would be? At some point, you need to be on your own as little boys, but you need to be able to identify the risk, the fear, and then we're going to come up with a game plan with the fire department to have a family escape. All right. So everybody based on where they are in the house is kind of on a different level. Joe and I and our middle son, Ryan, are on one side of the house and the other four boys are on the other, both two sets sharing rooms. So we had a 10 year old, an eight year old, a five year old and two two year olds. So this is like herding cats. Right. So the fire department pulls up the kids eyeballs saucers. It's just so amazed. Like, whoo. The fire department, of course, they've got the bells and whistles and sirens going and they pull in. We get the requisite, you know, pictures and video of the of the kids interacting with the fire department. And then the guys come in and I walk through the house with us and they teach the boys. All right. So you're in your bedroom. If you hear the the smoke detector, something going off, don't just open your bedroom door. You've got to feel it. If there's smoke in the room, remember, you got to get low. And then to the older boys, look, you're twin little brothers who are two. They're right here next to you. You guys got to go in and you've got to rescue them. And then you're going to do X, Y, and Z to get out of the house. There was a place they needed to go uh, to to meet up. We're going to meet up as a family. Let's just presume the whole thing is an inferno. We don't know where everybody is. You're responsible for your buddy. And you've got to go to the neighbor's stoop over here across the street until we all can get back together. I have to tell you, after doing that... I had a, a, a much more clear and peaceful state of mind when it came to a fear I have of not being able to control what happens at the house. Who knows why your house would catch fire? You get this ease, right? You, you have a strategy. There is something that you can communicate about. You can address it. That's one way to handle fear. Come up with a plan. Face it head on. Sit down with the people you love, like barf it out on the table and expose it and then tackle it to the best of your ability. What you're going to hear today is everything but that. There is no plan. The only plan is for you to obey somebody else who's going to lie to you and tell you that they really care. They really, really care. But there is this Group thing we've all got to do. It's for the greater good. It's what responsible people do. It's what anybody who cares about such and such would do. It's to save the planet, right? And in order for you to stay fearful, they're going to have to, on something that hasn't happened, 
Like our, our oceans haven't risen. Plymouth Rock in Massachusetts has been sitting in the same damn, you know, area since 1620. It's not been covered by flood water. It, say, it stays there. Our oceans have not overtaken us, right? So this existential threat that's out there, you have to be afraid. How do they do that? I'm going to drop a lot of numbers on you. Well, that's cubic metric tons of such and such. And if we can all do blankety blank, then we're going to dramatically reduce by certain kilowatt hours of yada yada, none of which makes any sense to anybody. But it sounds really big. Oh, my gosh. If I do that, uh, wow, I have to then buy into this I can tackle my fear if I give up my stove, if I give up my car, if I give up eating meat, if I start giving my family synthetic milk, if bugs become a part of our future, right? It's all crazy, of course, but because you're supposed to be afraid, they think that they can pull the wool over your eyes. So here's this beautiful thing that's a fact. It's not working, okay? It ain't working. See, we did this. That was 15 days to slow the spread. And then we were beaten. We were beaten and abused. We were kicked and assaulted. Our businesses were raided. Our children lost a year of education, right? Our economy went into the crapper. Prices went up. Things became scarce. And alas, welcome to Bidenomics of suck. We are awake and aware and we are developing our own plan. So throughout the course of today, I want you to think about something. And it's really uncomfortable to think about. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of rejection? Are you afraid of losing your job? Are you afraid if you speak out and you push back and you rise up because you've had enough that you'll lose some friends, that your family members will drift out of your lives? Are you afraid that you are going to fail and so therefore you never try something because the fear of that failure is greater than the joy and the excitement of what could be. What is your fear? Because whatever it is, once you tackle that, once you see that for what it is, which, by the way, is entirely surmountable, all of these reindeer games, pushing the panic button, John Kerry wagging his finger at you, trying to tell you this is an emergency. You'll begin to see it very clearly, and the plan will take shape. This is what they're most afraid of. This is why Donald Trump is such a threat, because he doesn't, he doesn't cave to the fear-mongering. He's not afraid. Are you afraid? Because I'm not. I'm not. And if you're not, take my hand. Let's go. Let's bust this crap wide open, friends. And it starts next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. 
Okay, so it's all about fear. Fear, 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 fear. It was a virus. It was people dying. It was your parents. They were going to die. It was your kids. They were going to get everybody sick. They were going to die. Oh, my gosh. Once you see how all of this is manipulated, this isn't anything new. This isn't just since COVID. That's just the most recent example we have. My oldest children will shoot all of my children, 15 up to 23. They all remember, will never forget the lunacy of adults acting like schmucks during COVID, where some parents were legit petrified. I watched my neighbor for the better part of six weeks have all of his groceries delivered to his door and then go outside with mask and gloves and bleach and wipe everything down that arrived at his house. Different mindset. And I, I felt bad for the guy. I'm like, yo, I, you know, I got to tell you, you're not doing anything. It's a virus, <laughs> right? Look at the statute of limitations on crazy on all of this. It has a limitation. It has an expiration date. And if we're not already there, it's coming up real quick. And this is the exciting story, okay? You guys remember the story we told you a couple weeks ago of Douglas Mackey. This is the young man in Florida who decided to retweet, reshare, like he copied and pasted from something, put it on his own social media feed. It was a meme in the 2016 election. Hey, Hillary voters, text your vote to this number, right? <laughs> Obviously, it was a joke. But he got se seven months in prison for that yeah there's no there's no defending that that's just called crazy well this is a great update breaking federal appeals court sides with pro-trump meme maker meme maker douglas Mackey and drops that seven-month prison sentence for an online joke some of the nuance in here though i had forgotten about Pro-Trump meme maker Douglas Mackey, a.k.a. Ricky Vaughn. I guess that's one of his, you know, Robin wares for Joe Biden's aliases. He was sentenced to seven months in prison in October for trolling Hillary Clinton during the 2016 campaign, facing a maximum 10 years in prison. Meantime, the two thugs in Fulton County, Georgia, who set fire to that Wendy's restaurant, it wasn't just like a little singe. That thing was a raging inferno. Burno, $500 fine and probation. Got it. Indicted in January 2021, Mackie was, for using the social media platform to spread selection or rather election disinformation to Hillary Clinton voters in 2016. So he was later found guilty for this, right? He was then, he posted a, a humorous meme telling Hillary voters text in their next vote on Wednesday after the election. It was obviously a joke, unfortunately for Mackey. The Marxists have no sense of humor out there. And he was indicted and convicted for posting jokes online. He was convicted just this past Friday. Sentenced again, seven months in prison. Now, what they won't tell you is that Democrat activist Christina Wong... You don't know her her name, do you? No, no, you don't, because see, she's not going to prison for doing the exact same thing. Democrat activist Christina Wong posted the exact same meme online on Election Day in 2016, just like Douglas Mackey. She was even wearing a MAGA hat and included Trump signs in her post. She said, hey, Trump supporters, skip poll lines, text in your vote. Text votes are legit. 
or vote tomorrow on Super Wednesday. What about her? What happened to her? Well, her tweet is still live. It's still on X seven years later. She was never charged, never charged by the corrupt two-tiered justice system. Well, Monday, yesterday, hours ago, this just in, a federal judge stayed Mackey's seven-month prison sentence. He's not going. And he posted the good news on X, writing about the decision. The Second Circuit Court of Appeals just overruled the District Court of Suck. I just, I added that, but you know. In granting our motion for bond pending appeal. This ruling is huge because it means that the appeals court decided my appeal presents substantial and debatable issues of law. Damn right these are issues of law. Hi, Christina Wong, she's on line two. If resolved in my favor, will result in my conviction being vacated. The prosecution, on the other hand, he writes, argued that my appeal was frivolous. Can you imagine that? You get seven months for a meme and you appeal that. That's frivolous. (laughs) This is crazy land, ladies and gentlemen. So if he loses this appeal in the Second Circuit, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And if it goes to the Supreme Court, I guarantee you, Douglas Mackey will not spend one moment behind bars. Obviously, this litigation comes with expense, and that's 90% of the point. Go after people who are pro-MAGA, not even pro-Trump, who are MAGA, who are an existential threat, who are a threat to democracy, and bog them down, gum them up in the works of the judicial process. I don't know about you. You guys have a lawyer on standby? You guys have endless resources to pay for that? Are you kidding me? And that's the point. We're going to drag you in on our taxpayer dollars, by the way. And we're going to grind you through the meat mill of suck. And we're going to send a message to everybody who's even remotely connected to you. You see what we did to Douglas Mackey? You could be next. And that's what they want you, afraid. They want you fearful. Ooh, if I say something, I might get penalized. Ooh, if I say something, I might annoy my boss. My friends might not like it. Everybody can suck it. How about that? That's my my theory today. Everybody out there who wants to tell you how to live your life, you how to be afraid can simply and unequivocally suck it. Unfortunate news for Joe Biden. I know the there's no evidence defense just went for the seventh billionth time. What was that? Direct payments from Hunter Biden to Joe Biden? Oh, I hate when that happens. Let's go. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I'm sure I'm not alone when I am so frustrated by these baby incremental steps to expose Joe Biden. I mean, is there seriously someone out there who still believes that Joe Biden never, ever talked to his kid? Because honestly, that that, that person doesn't exist. And if they do, 
They're very afraid in a bunker somewhere with five masks on. So this new House oversight information comes out yesterday thanks to Jamie Comer. I appreciate this guy. I really do. Question why he voted to expel George Santos. That's concerning to me. Okay. However, he has been dogged. House oversight and judiciary, ways and means, they've done an amazing job. Do something now more. Hey, Speaker Mike Johnson, do it. Pull the freaking trigger on it. This has to come out in broad brush fashion. And that's how it comes out. You know what's interesting about this? There's a narrative in this country right now, and it's supposed to cause this fear. The fear is that Donald Trump being reelected. They've already told us he's going to be reelected. They're telling us what he's going to do after that happens. Some will say if, others will say when. And they paint this picture of this tyrant, this dictator. He's going to have revenge and retribution on his mind. He's going to go after his political enemies. He's going to take them down. He's going to round up people. He's going to put them in jail. He's going to do all this stuff because, you know, that's exactly how Donald Trump was president the first time. Right? Donald Trump had the ability when he became president to go after Hillary Clinton to go after her for Fusion GPS, for the Steele dossier, for the Clinton Crime Family Foundation. There are endless, there's an endless reservoir of possibilities there. And he said, no. No, we will not do that. No, even though she wiretapped me, even though they made up evidence, even though They have 95% negative news against me. That is not what this country is. It is not about political retribution. And if I go after her, that opens up a very dangerous can of worms. And it's bad for this country. That said, how much evidence do we need? Hunter Biden's company made direct payments to Joe Biden. Bombshell. It really is anything a bombshell anymore. The only thing that I would find to be a bombshell is actually a bombshell. Because nothing else seems to be anymore. This is from the Washington Free Beacon. Hunter Biden initiated direct monthly payments from his company, Owasco, whatever, blah, 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 to President Joe Biden's personal checking account in September 2018. According to Bank records this isn't supposition it's not he's a russian plant it's not that's disinformation it's bank records bank records don't lie bankers don't lie bankers like irs agents generally are really strict about the decimal point math is their everything don't fiddle with my numbers they'll tell you it's not negotiable And all all of these documents are accessible for us to see. Now, this Owasco, what was Owasco? It's one of these many companies that that Hunter Biden, in addition to James Biden, et cetera, et cetera, created. 
as conduits of revenue. Well, Owasco was specifically created by Hunter Biden and Eric Schwerin came on to help him with his taxes, right? Dude didn't pay taxes in 2017 and 2018. Schwerin was brought in to run kind of a counteroffensive on that. We need you to have expenses that can go against your tax liability so you're not walloped when this $5 million from Burisma and this $5 million from China, from CEFC, comes into your bank account. Red flags are going off, right? The records are the most direct evidence to date that Joe Biden profited from his son's overseas business dealings. No, duh. The company, Owasco PC, served a critical role in Hunter Biden's Chinese ventures, receiving nearly $5 million from Chinese energy conglomerate CEFC in 2017 and 2018. Hunter Biden signed a document in early September 2018 authorizing Owasco to make monthly payments of $1,380 to Joe Biden's checking account, with the first payment landing in his father's account on September 17th, the records show. Now, Abby Lowell, who is Hunter Biden's lawyer, is saying, look, when Hunter was really in the throes of his addiction and he couldn't get a he couldn't get anybody to sign a loan for him, et cetera, et cetera. He got a new truck, a Raptor or whatever the hell. And Joe Biden gave him the money for that. This is merely a, a payment. This is this is Hunter Biden paying his generous, generous father off. Really? Is that so? Because you would have records of that. There would be a record of Joe Biden giving money to Hunter instead of Hunter giving money to Joe. Why Why are we not seeing that? Curious. Of course, these records disprove the Biden administration's claim there was no financial transaction between the president and his son's business ventures. And this is likely to take center stage in-house Republicans' impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, right? I'm done with the inquiry. (laughs) Impeach him! How much do you need to know? There is no way Joe Biden was able to pay $2.75 million in cash for his home in Rehoboth Beach. But he did. How did he do that? With what money did he do that? Do you know when he bought that house, ladies and gentlemen? Shortly after that phone call where Hunter is shaking down his Chinese guy saying, look, I got my dad on the couch next to me. And let me remind you of my ability to forever hold a grudge. Ah, lo and behold, that money started flowing into that Owasco. And lo and behold, after that, Joe Biden was ready to spend 2.75 million cash. How many of you guys pay cash for your houses? Some people do. Do you really think that Joe Biden was able to do that? Of course not. Of course not. Payments from Hunter's business entity to Joe Biden are now part of a pattern revealing Joe Biden knew about, participated in, and benefited from his company's influence peddling schemes. Duh. Okay. So, that being said, oh, by the way, shortly after Joe and Jill bought that Rehoboth Beach home, 
for $2.75 million in cash. They got a HELOC on it. They got a home improvement kind of loan on it for $250,000. Ladies and gentlemen, it seemed Joe and Jill quickly got into some money flow problems. Did they not? It's so, so odd when you follow this money trail and how this happened. And this is nothing, of course, about the $10 million infused in their bank account in 2017 that was recently added that we're told it's from their book deal. Nobody read his stupid books. Not even him. Okay? So yesterday, as this is dropping, right? Corrine Jean-Pierre in the press briefing. I don't know if she doesn't know about it. She hasn't been briefed on it. It's not been written for her in her little binder of tricks. But a reporter asks her a very pointed question about this very evidence. Hey, we see proof now. What about that wall? Remember how you guys said there's this wall? I don't talk to them. It's cement. There's no conversation. 100% absolute. What about that? She's going to hurriedly, hurriedly at this point, close the press conference, the press briefing, and move move along for the rest of her day, right? She stops it in its tracks. Listen. You already got a question. Go ahead, Phil. Thank you. Uh, The White House has said repeatedly that the president and his son were never in business together. They've said that repeatedly also in this room. Um, According to bank records obtained by the House Oversight Committee, though, uh, one of Hunter Biden's businesses, Osawa PC, set up direct payments to the president. Uh, Did the president accept payment? And why would there be such an arrangement if they were never in business together or if there was a wall of separation, as the president has previously said? So I have to be... uh clear with you. I I have not seen that report, so I would have to refer you to my colleagues over at the White House Counsel's Office on that particular question. All right, everyone. See some of you in Boston or on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. you. All right, everybody. I got nothing more. That's basically going to end it. Bye-bye. We'll see you tomorrow. Gotta love Doogie Howser, whomever the the 13-year-old reporter was who asked her about that. Good for you, young man. I have no idea who you are, but good for you. Okay, so let's get into this this whole, what, what this thing, this $2.75 million for this house, what are you talking about? So I'm looking at an article right now on the Gateway Pundit. It's showing voided checks. It's showing all the, transa- all the transactions of this bank account stuff. Millions of dollars from China funneled to this Biden investment vehicle, Hunter Biden investment vehicle, Wasco. But this is where the whole thing with, with the house Gets very interesting. All right. So $5 million, $4 million, wait, $4,790,375 went directly to this Owasco. All right. Let's get down to the part. $40,000 goes to Joe. We know that. We've seen that check. But what did Joe Biden do with all of his money? Joe Biden purchased his luxury $2.75 million Rehoboth Beach, Delaware home with all cash after Hunter Biden threatened his Chinese business partner in a $5 million shakedown. A few weeks before this desperate shakedown, Joe Biden plopped down nearly $2.75 million for that Rehoboth Beach home. No wonder why he was so desperate to get his cash. He had a new real estate transaction he needed to grease. There was no record of a mortgage lien against the Rehoboth property until Joe and Jill opened a 250000 HELOC home equity line of credit against the property last December. So wait, you have, you have two and three quarters million cash 
to put down on this house. But that straps you, so you have to start borrowing against it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have we have a president who's a crappy money manager. I got to tell you that much. And he's dirty as balls. Impeach him. What more do you need? Is there another smoking gun? Bum, bum, bum. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back. The full circle boomerang hits dead spin. And that creepy reporter, Karen Phillips. Oh, wait. This is wonderful. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, the the kid, the Kansas City Chiefs fan, Holden Armenta, nine years old, who has gone through the ringer, a la Nicholas Sandman. Same story. You know, how do you not learn from your mistakes? How do you not learn from other people doing things and crashing and burning in stupendous fashion before you then go do the exact same thing. It makes no sense to me. It was the whole Bubba Wallace thing. Jussie Jussie Smollett, my brother, come on. He lied. He walked around with a noose on, right? It was the dumbest thing ever. And then then what does Bubba Wallace do? There's a noose. Or it's a garage door pull. (laughs) I mean, you just look stupid. Learn from other people being stupid so you don't have to. It's sort of my philosophy. Well, this is a great story. The parents of young Holden Armenta are now sued. They they threatened to sue this liberal media outlet Deadspin, which specifically put out this story that their kid wearing blackface and an Indian headdress was a double bigot. He was thumbing his nose at the Native Americans and he was putting on paint that is highly offensive to the black community. And he must have learned this at home. And the NFL, the writer of this article of Suck, said the NFL should get involved and should denounce such such obvious bigotry until, of course, you know, the story came out. Not only was the kid's face painted red and black because he was supporting his team, the Chiefs, he is Native American. (laughs) You schmuck. So now the mom is saying, look, you either come out And you retract in glorious fashion to the degree that you smeared my kid or I'm going to drag your arse all through the legal system and you're going to lose. Here's your story. Trendingpoliticsnews.com. Parents of young Chiefs fan (laughs) threatened to sue liberal media over smears. Why can't you just not suck? I I, I don't understand. What's What's so hard about enterprising stories that are interesting and honest instead of always through this paradigm of victimhood. It's impossible on the left because they, their business is in spreading misery. That's what they do. They're the most miserable people ever. And they want you to be miserable. The parents of a young Kansas City Chiefs fan who was unfairly targeted by a reporter at Deadspin over his game day costume, are threatening to sue the liberal media outlet after it failed to retract its article claiming the boy was wearing blackface. This isn't complicated. Did you guys see during the some college games over the weekend, Dr. Pepper had that halftime thing where there two people are selected and you're supposed to see how many uh, spirals you can throw, footballs through a, a big Dr. Pepper inflatable, right? 
And, and they went through all this. Two guys, they they tie. Then they go to an overtime, and that's a tie. And then they go to the, you know, finally one of the dudes wins, except it's it's pointed out, in fact, that the other guy won in regular time. And instead of, of choosing a winner and a loser, Dr. Pepper said, you know what, that was on us. Both of these dudes get a $100,000 college scholarship. Smart! Is this going to kill Dr. Pepper? No. Does it, does it calm the, the crazy nerves of people out there paying attention who are saying that something wrong has happened? Yes. So Dr. Pepper immediately, both of you win. Done. Who doesn't want to drink some Dr. Pepper now? Well, <laughs> apparently Deadspin's got some work to do. It takes a lot to disrespect two groups of people at once. Karen Phillips wrote in, in her piece, it's really a dude, which has since been flagged on Twitter by community members for being purposely deceiving. So in a letter sent by their attorneys, and these attorneys, by the way, probably not the people that Deadspin wants to fiddle with. <laughs> in a letter sent by their attorneys, the couple, mom and dad, demanded a retraction of the piece and the issuance of a prominent apology by the outlet. Absolutely. How dare you? You went after my kid who was just enjoying football. You suck. Quote, these articles, posts on X and photos about Holden as his parents must be retracted immediately, the letter reads. It is not enough to quietly remove a tweet from X or disable the article from Deadspin's website. You must publish your retractions and issue an apology to my clients with the same prominence and fanfare with which you defamed them. That is the singeing, scorched earth skin of Karan Phillips and Deadspin. Of course, Holden and his father, members of this Chumash tribe, Santa Inez Group, California, etc., etc. You've picked the wrong people to fiddle with, lefties. We watched you demonize Nicholas Sandman. We watched you call him a white extremist, MAGA-loving, racist bigot. And we also watched CNN and how many other outlets open up their checking accounts and write a very fat settlement check that could probably pay for Joe Biden's Rehoboth Beach home and then some. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, reporter? What are you going to do, media outlet? Because Bud Light's on the phone and they've got some advice. Don't do what they did. Period. Fascinating. All right, when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, hour number two, good gracious already. You know, nothing else is working out there. Not COVID, not some skin parasite, not this pneumonia thing that's affecting kids in China. Nothing is sticking. Well, you got to get the climate scam going. Cue the climate hysteria. Great John Kerry sound. Great sound. You've got to hear it. We're going to get you educated on this. <laughs> Next on the Wendy Will Radio Program.